Podcasters, welcome back in the studio of Kingdom Speak. Today we have a special guest with us, and we're going to talk about your destiny. Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Daniel McKillop, Pastor Ben Weeks. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Good Friday. It's a good Friday. It's Friday. It is Friday. And, you know, the rage right now is the giveaway. If you haven't heard already on our social media streams. things away. We're giving away... Uh, Socks? A Browns Bible. Much better than a pair of socks. We've done that before, but this is... uh, We're taking it up a notch. So, Browns Bibles, who is a Pentecostal Bible builder. Yes. That's what they call themselves. Um, gave us a Bible, and we're going to give it away. So how about that? Here's how you want it. If you want to win it, here's how you do that. Well, you don't do it, but you get a chance to. Let's be clear, Lynn. Don't catch me on my words now. Go on our social media streams. Look us up. We're going to have some posts on there as you look us up about this Brown's Bible. Uh, All you have to do is tag us and tag Brown's Bibles in that post, and you will be entered and have a chance to win the Bible. We draw the Bible on November 30th. Now, this is a fully custom Bible. It has, what does it have? It's an an apostolic study Bible, right? Apostolic study Bible that's been fully rebound with a custom leather. What are these things called? Yeah, yeah, the yap. Bigger yap than the producer. Yeah, so it's got a lot of yap. Trust me, that requires a lot of yap. Well, not bound real tight here. We should do a producer Randy Bible yap and have the yap that goes like overlap. Yeah, an overlapping yap. It's an over yap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Anyways, it's it's a beautiful Bible. What is it like? A goat skin? You said. I don't remember. I I don't remember what it is. It's some full like a navy. it's, It's beautiful. Trust me. It's. $450 $450 value. Man. USD. Yeah. Again, that's like $1.7 million. the tabs on the side. What is this? Uh, what is the coloring called here? That's red under gold. Red under gold. All right. So that's a very fancy. Uh, it has blue lettering inside. It's a very nice Bible. Yeah. Uh, wish we could keep it, but guess what? We're going to give it away. So look it up uh, on our social media stream, and you can visit Brown's Bibles on Instagram, also on their website, brownsbibles.com. And they are a friend of Kingdom Speak. Yes, so, thank you very much for so, yeah. allowing us to give this Bible away. Absolutely. Yes. Now, absolutely. I was scrolling through the YouTube comments. The YouTube. And I picked out this uh, comment because I thought it was cool. A friend of Kingdom Speak dropped us a mini review on a recent episode we did, uh, the Excellent Way episode. And okay. it's our friend Bill. Oh. And he says... Hey. All the way... Hey. From Georgia. Georgia. Yes, Go figure. Brother Bill Kennedy. He says this. Isn't it Kennedy? Yep. Yeah. Oh my, in all my life, I have never heard a better, more sobering lesson on bearing fruit. Having received the Holy Ghost in the late 60s, I have lived to witness exactly what you were saying about gifts being elevated over bearing fruit. God help us to be fruitful first. And Bill, we will say amen to you on that comment. Hallelujah. I have to say, this has been the longest show prep we've had in a while. It is. Yes. 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 How long have we been preparing? Like almost an hour. (laughs) I don't know if that's a reflection on the guest. Of of the hour, I would say 15 minutes of it was technical. I had to reinstall Zoom. Yes. Yeah. But have have, have you guys noticed that they do this? uh, Everybody's doing these subscriber, you know, so much a month. Well, even even Brother Elon's getting in on that now with his eight. $8 $8 a month subscription package. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's, if you if you pay mm-hmm. this premium, then you get access to yeah. what everybody else isn't getting. They're even doing it now on IG. And Ugh. It's, yeah. Imagine. It's a bit much. We're, we're going to start that, and we will play the first hour <laughs> of our recording. <laughs> if you can handle it, I can handle it. <laughs> There's it's, no such thing as bad publicity. They say. 
I'll tell you right now, it would be worth the eight bucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? We just might be able to pay for this building. After all. <laughs> hey, I'm in a building program, too. Okay. The there, things you'll do. There we go. <laughs> so you're hearing his voice. Yeah. And the co-host already gave you the heads up. But we are jazzed to have Pastor Ben Weeks from Valdosta, Georgia. Man. Ben, I'm excited. Man. Well, wow. well, I don't know if I'm excited or I'm mad, you yeah. know, but. But you're here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah. They're good. Folks are going down the road right now. They are honking horns. Oh, man. Flashing flash lights. Oh, yeah. It's, Yeah. 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 Yep. No doubt. Are you nervous? No Are you nervous? I am terrified. <laughs> really? <laughs> he looks like he is. Yes. Don't yeah. squeeze yes. your ears. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's that premium content. <laughs> we can't. Everybody's yeah. like, what does that what mean? What took so long? What took so long is I passed out twice in show prep, and uh, they had to call in the EMTs and revive me. And so, uh, anyway, man, this we've been looking forward to this mm -hmm. uh, for a number of weeks since we spoke about having you. I've been dreading on. It. Well, the day has arrived, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, your, your your worst fears have come upon you. Well, I'm looking forward to getting it over with. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great to be with you guys. And and uh, Pastor McKillop, we've admired you for a long time. We go way back. We sure do. And we have been friends for a long time. And I can now truthfully call you an old friend. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's hard to make new old friends. Yes, it is. So yes, it is. Uh, some people are long-term friends, but I can call you truthfully an old That's friend. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's Brother great Weeks, to be with you today. Um, Brother Weeks gave me the opportunity to the year that I graduated in 1997. Like that's back in the other wow. century. Wow. Oh, you guys remember that? The class of '97. The class of '97. I could Bro. see the 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 forest green decorations everywhere. Okay, so what, you brought up forest green. What was the color? Listen, so he he, he invited me. Mm -hmm. You had just nicely taken over the church, correct? In right, I, I was only twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, wow. ninety-seven. I, I would have been twelve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus tax. <laughs> <laughs> and so they invite me to come down and spend a few months with them. And it, it ended up being somewhere in the vicinity of three or four months. Mm -hmm. He had just come off the evangelistic field and was driving one of the brand new yeah. Dodge pickups. The brand new yeah. shape. Okay. And it Which was... was Forest Green. Yeah, you know it. Bro, I remember him saying, could you could you run into Valdosta and, I don't know, drop off the dry cleaning or this, that, whatever, and, and take my truck. And it was like, woo, <laughs> I'll take your truck. <laughs> yes, Those sir. were the good old days. Oh, those were the good old days, I'm telling you. We had a great time, didn't we? We did so. We did so. And Brother and Sister Weeks um, came and sang at our wedding. He officiated at our wedding. So we, we've got a lot yeah. of good a lot. Of I good was memory. actually in your wedding, and you reminded me a few moments ago, I even officiated. Yeah, you did. So you can brag about the green Dodge truck, and that's about the height of your memory. <laughs> but I yeah. was a part of the great Daniel McKillop's um, wedding. Boy, I've got bragging rights, I'm telling you. And by the way, this is a great podcast. You're scraping the bottom of the barrel this week, but uh, you you guys do a great job. This podcast is awesome. Many of our folks here in Lake Park even listen and oh, wow. enjoy it so much. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we, we are definitely not scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, <laughs> We would disagree with that. Mm -hmm. But 
I wanted to um, talk to you and hear more from you about some material that you have been teaching about from defeat to destiny. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of a leadership concept that, that runs through the book of First and Second Samuel. So um, I know that you've got way more content than what you can share in one episode, but we wanted to, we wanted to tap. Now that's a disappointment. I was planning on sharing it all, just dropping the whole load. Well, we could go long form. Yeah, no, this is not the eight-hour Joe Rogan episode. This is not it. Yeah, or Jordan Peterson. Yeah, no, no, we're not. Yeah, sorry to burst your bubble. (laughs) And you guys claim to be anointed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a real, there's a, there's a fi- fine margin between annoyed and anointed sometimes, <laughs> and they vacillate, you know. Well, I'll try not to be offended. In yeah. other words, eight hours of meat would be annoying, annoying. instead of yeah. anointing. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Not the first time I've heard that. I tell you. Well, we actually but, got that. Uh, no, line. we'll, we will, uh, we will present it in a concise form if we can. But it's a lesson that. Um, I've shared uh, all over East coast to West coast. I think, uh, leadership classes, entrepreneur, uh, classes, ministry classes. It basically, it takes the, um, the story of first and second Samuel, and it presents the story from where it starts, which is the Eli era. Yes. Yes. And then it ends in the Solomon era. And I, I just, I, I talk about how it, it starts with disaster, but it, it ends in a period of prosperity, dominion. It starts with defeat, which was what was going on with Eli and his priesthood and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And uh, yet, you know, it ends with the reign of peace, Solomon. Uh, the reign of uh, of destiny, 40 years of blessing, 40 years of no adversary overtaking Jerusalem. Yeah. The people of God blessed uh, a reign of peace for 40 years. And so my lesson is about, okay, how do we go from this lowest of points to mm-hmm. the highest, to the greatest, wow. to the blessing? Wow. And I've seen my own journey. I've not arrived yet, but I have seen my own journey and these stages of the process uh, being developed. And so I began to teach this and, and uh, hopefully it'll, it'll help someone else. There are four factors that overshadow first and second Samuel Four factors there. There's the, the Hannah factor. There is the, Samuel factor, there's the Saul factor, and the David factor. These are the main characters wow. that uh, carry through the entire story. Israel's rise from its era of uh, defeat in the Eli era, the Ichabod generation. The glory sure. had departed. Exactly, yes. And, and yet it gives us hope that wherever you start, if you're starting out in a place you don't want to be, God's got a process to take you. And if you'll let God work this process in your life, you'll be amazed where you'll end up if you'll wow. just stay in the will of God and understand these factors. I, um, I've, I've noticed already in the last just three or four minutes, the word process has, has come up. You've mentioned it a number of times already. That that seems to be the challenge of this generation. Is do, do, do you find that everybody wants an instantaneous turnaround? Yes, and they they don't like process. Oh, absolutely, and I and I see this in ministers. I see this in beginning pastors. Sometimes everybody wants church growth overnight. Everybody wants the wow. the great revival. And, and we all do. There's nothing wrong with this. And we sure. go to conferences and we hear great preaching and we hear about people's miracles. We hear about their breakthrough. We hear about their revival. And we should. Sure. We don't need to go to conferences and hear everybody's sob story. Right. But sometimes the, the struggling pastor, or the home missionary pastor, or the 
the, the young uh, minister, he sits there and thinks, you know, this guy, all he has is miracles every weekend. Mm-hmm. He can't relate to where I'm at. Right. Uh, you know, this conference preacher, he goes from, from one big crowd to another. Everything's glorious. Everything is supernatural. And he has no idea what I'm struggling with in, in my life. And uh, I've, I've taught this lesson to let them know, hey, even the conference preacher goes through this process. Yes. Even the pastor who has a, an effective and flourishing ministry goes through God's process. And those four factors, the Hannah, Samuel, Saul factor, and, and uh, David factor, um, Hannah stands for passion. Samuel stands for growth. Saul represents resistance. And then David, of course, if you could put it in a nutshell, one word, a lot of things, worship. you know, relate to David. We could say all kinds of things, but worship, I think that would wow. be the main characteristic. And you've got to go through this process, these stages. Every year has four seasons, and it oh, takes four good. seasons to complete a full year. <laughs> and really, you find this theme through the Bible. You look uh, I believe in the book of Daniel, he talks about four kings that he served under. There was, there was Nebuchadnezzar, there was uh, Belshazzar, Darius, and then Cyrus. Yes. You, you don't get to it, that fourth king is when the rebuilding of the temple comes along and uh, the, the city of Jerusalem restored. And so this, this message about God's seasons, we find it really throughout Scripture. Well, and, and, and to a point, and we, we don't know, and, may, may, and maybe you can shed more light on this, but the, the, the definition of a time frame during the creation period, you know, there's a lot of discussion about how long was the day, but we definitely see process in creation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was asked to, to teach a class for business owners and entrepreneurs recently and i was i was teaching along these lines but as i was reading in genesis one it stood out to me you have you have god creating light you have god creating sun moon and stars you have god separating the land from the sea and and every time there is a day of creation completed he says it is good. Yes. And I, I heard one man say that that the word good actually means to be self-contained. That it <laughs> would just continue doing wow. what God created it to do. God doesn't have to come back and and create a new sun and right. moon and stars every day to make a day. It's self-contained. It does right. what it was created to do. God doesn't have to come in and create more land on earth or divide the land from the sea. It's self-contained. It does what it was created to do. But when you get to the fifth day, after four days have been completed, and it's good, it's good, it's good. When you get to day five, the word multiply shows up. The word, the, the phrase bring forth abundantly shows up. Yes. All of us in our ministry, we, we want to bring forth abundantly in day one. We, yeah. we want to bring, we want to multiply, mm. you know, um, yes. right away. We want to have explosive growth and God to open all these doors. But God's process takes time and God develops you in specific stages. Yes. And it wasn't until day five, it wasn't until day five that bringing forth abundantly shows up in scripture. And I I think, I think one of the keys in letting God develop you, letting God mature you is understanding process. Wow. So, so talk to us a bit more about these four. uh, That's very interesting to me. These four characters that, that symbolize passion worship are they seasons that you go through do they do they exist in parallels in that process well i think they're i think they're overlapping and i I think it's it's important you know for for instance the 
the Saul era and the David era overlapped, the, the Hannah era, the Samuel, but overlapped. But you, you cannot get to this, this golden era in Israel's history uh, without first the Hannah factor. It all started with Hannah. Yes. Uh, there would have never been a David had there not been a Samuel. Right. And matter of fact, I contend there would never have been a David had there not been a Saul. Saul was was very instrumental in making him what he became. Wow. Saul was needed. Hmm. And this is where a lot of people get hung up, you know. Saul was not a mistake. He was part of the process. Yes. Uh, but it starts with, with Hannah. And uh, it was a time people did not enjoy going to Shiloh to the house of God. The Bible said they abhorred the offering of the Lord. They didn't mm. want to be there because Eli was a was the personification of compromise. His sons, Hophni and Phinehas, they were blatantly rebellion uh, in rebellion against God. And and so here the story starts with Hannah and her family going to the house of the Lord. And when you look in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. A number of times it talks about the time they went to worship and to sacrifice and the time that Elkanah offered before the Lord. And then uh, when they went up to the house of the Lord, it's very specific. It talks about talks about church time, really, how important church time was. Yes, And it even talks about how that when Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, that that was when Penina, her adversary, the Bible calls her right. an adversary. She yes. would provoke her. Yes, it's, it's very clear to me from this first chapter, they may have gotten along every other time in every other instance, but the adversary always provoked when she went up to the house of the Lord. Yes. Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes, it does. I was going to say that. <laughs> On the way to any church. Any pastor knows. Any pastor knows the battle is over church time. Yes, it is. That the adversary will leave people alone until it's, you know, Sunday morning. Yeah, <laughs> Midweek Bible study. Right. And so the good thing, uh, the noble thing about Hannah is even though she was provoked by an adversary, it did not steal her passion, uh, oh, especially wow. when she went to the house of God. I've seen a lot of people get provoked or get offended. Yes. Or, yes. you know, and, and it affects their faithfulness to the house of God, their prayer life, their worship, uh, their dedication. You know, I, I've, I've seen that happen, but Hannah would not let her adversary provoke her to the place that she wasted church time. Boy, that's so good. That is and so there's good. another aspect there is not only, not only was Penina uh, a problem, but, but I see also another problem for Hannah that could have taken her passion away, and that was Elkanah. Sure. When she would begin to weep, when she would uh, have a sad countenance and was evidently, she was not eating. And he would say to her, look at all of that I've given you. I've given you stuff. Yeah. Why yeah. are you weeping? You know, just, just settle down. Oh, I've God. been good to you. I'll buy you more stuff. Yeah. And that will meet the need. That, that will help you emotionally. Yes. You know, and and to me, just as dangerous as the adversary provoking Hannah is the loved one pampering Hannah. And so that Very could good. have taken her passion. Very good. And yet she still had passion to go in and pray. And, and as you know, I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but but when when you go through it, you find her being provoked, this type of language, uh, her weeping, not eating. Elkanah said, why is your heart grieved 
She said, I'm in bitterness of soul. She wept sore. And everything about Hannah testifies of her passion. Wow. And let me tell you, if you don't have a passion for ministry, a passion for the word, a passion for the will of God, you'll never get off of base one. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, we criticize young preachers, you know, they get a little excited they get a little overzealous, but you got to have that passion yeah. if you're going to get anywhere in doing something for God. That's step one. Yes. Wherever you start, you better have this passion factor down. And so, you know, here is Penina that is provoking her. And then here is Elkanah who is pampering her. And then she gets in the house of God. She is praying to the right. point she looks right. like a drunk person. Right. And she has Eli persecuting her. So if your adversary provoking you doesn't stop you, and if your loved one pampering you, giving you whatever you want, spoiling you doesn't stop you, then certainly a spiritual leader who doesn't even know what's going on, doesn't recognize a real burden, yes. doesn't recognize yes. prayer, and he starts rebuking you, that'll shut you up. Wow. But not Hannah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not Hannah. She still had her passion. She never lost her passion. And so when he rebuked her, she didn't turn around to him and say, nobody's going to talk to me like that. Yeah, uh, I'll who just do you go think to you another are? church. Uh, no, listen what she, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find somebody who recognizes my gift. Exactly. Recognizes, <laughs> you know, what I have to contribute. Yeah. She was very respectful. She said, no, my Lord. She was very, very respectful. Yes. Wow. She said, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I haven't been drinking, but I poured out my soul unto the Lord. Wow. And notice Eli. Eli, the guy that come along, didn't recognize spirituality. Yeah. Didn't know the voice of God. Didn't didn't know what was happening, you know. And he rebukes her. And then she says, no, I just poured out my soul to the Lord. And it's been out of the abundance of my complaint and grief. That's more passion. And Eli transitioned from a voice of rebuke to a voice of promise. Wow. And it wasn't his prayer that transformed the message. Sure. He transitions from a voice of persecution to uh, to giving her a promise. Yeah, to prophecy. There you go. He says, go in peace and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Wow. And so it was Hannah's prayer that transformed the preacher. Well, that's from wow. giving rebuke. Hmm. That's in, yeah. To being the preacher of promise hmm. and blessing. Well, that that almost fits in and not not to derail this because there's so much good in this, but but you see the biblical precedent that People get the leader they deserve. Oh, my. And so she really did shape him. Hmm. Yes. Into the leaders that that she needed for that hour. Like the people pull out of a leader. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you you just just see it throughout Scripture. Stiff-necked people. He says, Jeremiah, I I, I called you specifically because your head's harder than theirs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, indeed. It, it, it matched it. So it's almost like she brought that. She needed that prophetic element to open that window of favor in her life, and so she pulled that out of him. Yes. Yes, indeed. Wow. Um, and, and what happened, it changed Hannah. The Bible said the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Yes. And so this changed Tana. Yes. Not only changed Tana, it changed her family. Yes. Not only did it change Hannah's family, but it also changed all of Israel. Wow. 
Oh, what a godly passion can accomplish. Oh, yeah. That, that, is, that is something that um, a couple of weeks ago I had the privilege of hearing uh, Brother Kelly Patrick preach about uh, being fascinated with performance and the danger in Pentecost with, a, with allowing performance to replace passion. Absolutely. Because we really are good at doing church now. I mean, on on a sure we, we are. We know how we know how to do church. Sure we are. But if we're not careful, that element of passion will be missing. Yes. That yes. is so good. So is is this where you transition to the next element of of the next? Well, character? I will transition if you want me to. No, keep rolling. <laughs> Keep no, rolling. no, um, the, the, you know, Hannah never, she never lost her passion. And then of course we see what was the result of that great prayer meeting. Then comes Samuel. Yes. You know, her petition was granted and Samuel was the key to great revival in Israel. Yes. Uh, Samuel, to, to me, single-handedly took Israel on his shoulders and turned it from the downward slide. Again, going back to Eli, going back to his sons. And, you know, Samuel, uh, as one of the words that just stands out to me in reading the story of Samuel is that Samuel grew. The Bible said, chapter 2, verse 21, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 26, and the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Then you get into chapter 3 and verse 19, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him yes. and did let none of his words fall to the ground. He what grew. a, what a statement that is. Not a word fell yes. on the ground. And, and really, in understanding the story, though, as Samuel grew, Israel was growing with him. Oh, yes. As yes. Samuel grew spiritually, Israel was also growing spiritually. Yes. They had lived in a generation that the Ark of the Covenant had been taken. They had been so influenced away from Shiloh, away from the house of God. But here, as, as Samuel is developing and growing, uh, God begins to bless Israel with Samuel and by Samuel. Yeah. They, they, it's, and so, it's, it's in tandem. That's right. That's yes. right. And. Passion is a great place to start, and it's necessary. But you also have to understand the role of growth. You've got to be, you, you brought up the word a while ago, intentional yes. in growth. Yes. Yes. And so with, with Samuel, uh, the first uh, aspect about, about his growth was in his season of ministry. The Bible said Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with a linen ephod. First of all, he starts to learn how to minister. And, and he didn't have very good mentors either. I guess he didn't. <laughs> well, and this, this if, if we can reach back into the passion uh, paradigm that you're talking about, this, this is another element that just baffles my mind. Hannah entrusted Eli with yes. her promise, knowing yes. what he had did with his kids. Yes, indeed. <laughs> like that's, that's no right. small. That's no small um, decision to put your future in the hands of a man that dropped his. <laughs> 
Yes. Wow. And, and yet Samuel is growing in the midst of this time. The child Samuel grew before the Lord. And it's a time of ministry. He's learning what goes on at the temple. He's learning, you know, he, he's, he's learning about the lampstand, the table of showbread, yes, the yes. altar of incense, the brazen altar, the, the, the condition of the sacrifice, yes. just the responsibilities there. But in learning what God expects, he's growing in and learning the duties. And you're seeing the overlap that you talk about between these, because as he's growing, his mom is continuing to bring coach sure. and, and you yeah. have this transitional overlap between these two yeah. paradigms. Yeah. And, and that's, that's another aspect in this season of ministry. You know, Eli may not have been doing what he was supposed to do, but Hannah was, Yes, she was. his mother made him a little coat Yes, and brought it to him from year to year wow that he really didn't get Eli's mantle oh he had a praying mother oh <laughs> come on that you she just get a bomb. Him. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you just got a bomb <laughs> boom 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 wow you know what i've heard people talk about i bombed in my preaching <laughs> But they were never smiling. I'm they, so glad to see you guys smiling. This is this is a good bomb. A good bomb. This is a good okay. bomb. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> first, I'm 50. It took me to 50 years old to get this. <laughs> now so, the next time they say you bombed, you feel good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'll take I'll take it as a compliment. Wow. But, he didn't uh, get a mantle from Eli. He got it from a He got a coat mama. from his mother. Yeah. And she brought it to him year by year. God, that's so good. <laughs> Somebody was putting something on him. Yes. That was going to carry him into mm -hmm. wow. his future and his his ministry. Wow. And uh, yeah, so she it just stands out to me. Another aspect of scripture emphasizing growth yes. year by year, she yes. brought him a new coat uh, for him to um, to him to wear. And it was a priest garment. It was a linen ephod. Right. It was exactly. not just, you know, exactly. uh, something you buy off of a rack here, but this was a linen ephod. She was preparing him for priesthood, for ministry, even though Eli didn't really uh, fulfill his role like he should. Wow. I love it. That is so good. And so, um, you know, with Samuel, he's growing in each one of these times. Uh, I, I notice an aspect when it says Samuel grew, Samuel grew, Samuel grew. The first time it's linked up with Samuel ministered before the Lord. His mother brought him this coat. Uh, but the second time it says that Samuel or the child Samuel grew on, it's talking about Eli, Eli trying to corral his sons and, um, and how that his sons were so immoral mm -hmm. and the people wanted Eli to handle this. And yet the, about the best he could do is say, boys, why are you doing such things? Yes. That's about the closest to a rebuke. Yes. Is why are you doing such a boy? I really told him. Yeah, man, I really got on their case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I busted high. I wore God. them. I out. said, yeah, "There you go." <laughs> is is I looked at him and said, "Why are you doing this?" About the closest he got <laughs> to taking care of business. Yeah, and so it focuses on Eli's lack of leadership, Hophni and Phinehas and their wayward, rebellious ways. And it says the child Samuel grew on. Yes. He grew. He, he got beyond it. Yes. He didn't let them influence him. He exactly. grew. He grew on. And I, I call that a, a time of misery. He grew in a time of ministry, learning ministry. Yeah. But he also had to grow in times of misery. Yes. Exactly. He had to look at them and say, what they're doing is not right. 
what they're up to, that is not the way that I'm going in my life. That is, yeah. And, and then not only was it growing through ministry, growing through misery, but there, there are also what I call the mistake of Samuel. Mm-hmm. There was a night that the Bible said the Lord came and stood and called to Samuel, and he said, Samuel. And he got up and he ran to Eli. And he said, you called me. Eli hadn't called him. Yes. But yet Samuel hadn't grown enough in his ministry, in his discernment, in his experience to really know the voice of the Lord at that time. So we grow in our ministry, we grow in our misery, and we grow in our mistakes sometimes. This, this, um, this lines up with an episode that we'd done a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Weeks, on the, the metrics of measuring growth. Mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest, and you're speaking to this, I think one of the greatest uh, misunderstandings in measuring growth is just numerical. Absolutely. Let, uh, let me say church growth. Church growth. Uh, yes. It's, how big is your congregation? I want to tell you, yes. man, there's, there's, times that, there's times that the number in my congregation has gone down, but I've grown. Absolutely. So there's all of these metrics, whether it's misery, like you're, like you're spelling out. Growth is it's a multifaceted prism that... That the metrics yes. are not just a 12-inch ruler. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, J.T. Pugh, I say respectfully, uh, told a friend of mine one time, and, and this, this deals with pastoral leadership, he said if a church congregation is growing and the pastor is not growing, there's going to be trouble. Hmm. Well, but if the church congregation is not growing yet, the pastor is still growing spiritually. Yes, they'll catch up eventually. Wow! Wow! <laughs> that is good. And I have seen that. I've seen the numbers outgrow the man. I've seen the finances outgrow the man. Yes. Yes. And, and, and this is not just for past pastors, but but just across the board. Right. I've seen the business outgrow yeah. the man. Yeah. yeah. And 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 the uh, success be something the man's character can't handle. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you yeah, that that's see he, he's after another episode here. He is. He's he's trying to we're a bit yes. off topic. We better get oh, back on. Oh, please! I've been begging the whole time. Characters. That's what I was on here an hour for. I feel like we're being we started, manipulated. So you'd right have now. me back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, the, we're 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 back on the level of passion to try yeah, to get that yeah. that next episode. So, do you usually give I everyone? Bored. Do you give everyone two lonely. topics and then you say, "There's two more, but I'll be back next week to talk about the other yeah. two." <laughs> Okay, God bless you. It's been good being with you. We'll see you later. You know, the problem is I'm bored. I'm lonely. I'm yeah. in a little town of 733 people. Yeah. Hey. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm pastoring a church, and I'm in a building program. I have nothing to do with my Are you? Are you the mayor? The what? The, the mayor? Yeah. To quote a friend of ours, I couldn't be elected dog catcher. <laughs> I'll never make it as a politician. Yeah, never. that's the truth. <laughs> so the concept that you raise, it, it, and and it's one that in, in seasons of introspection, I've asked God about for myself, and that is I do not want to outgrow my character. I don't want my my ministry to outgrow the integrity of who I am. Yes, yes. I've heard it said, and it's not original with me, and I I don't know who said it, but your your gifts can take you to a place that your integrity can't keep you. Right. 
And and that's what I always admired, Brother Weeks, about about Joseph is is his integrity always trumped the position of rank that he had. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, you know, that was um, a little rabbit trail there, but that was good. Oh, well, you know, and when you talk about grow, uh, Peter said one of the most powerful statements to me in, in, in the New Testament uh, is simple. Grow in grace. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Grow in grace. Yes. Grace is not just unmerited favor that takes care of your sins. Right. Redeems you of your past. Right. Forgives you for what you did yesterday. Right. But grace is also divine empowerment, divine enablement, divine influence. Paul said it's 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 in grace that we stand. You can't stand unless God gives you yeah. grace. Yes. And there boy, this is another rabbit trail, but uh, you know, grow in grace. Um one of the one of the one of the growth seasons in Israel's history was during the days of Ezra and Nehemiah, mm-hmm. that the city of Jerusalem went from a, a, a pile of ashes, uh, just rubble, and it, it was revived, it was restored, it was renewed, and uh, the temple was rebuilt. But one of the things that stands out to me is Nehemiah appointed his brother Hanani as gatekeeper. Yes. And his brother Hanani, you know what the name Hanani means? Grace and mercy. Uh, it was grace that was placed as the gatekeeper. The gate. Oh, that's Before good. the city was restored, before the marketplace was able to be revived and wow. teeming with people, before the houses were rebuilt, wow. they had to put grace at the gate to decide what is allowed in and what's allowed out. Mm-hmm. Wow. A wall will do you no good if you don't have a gate. Yeah, absolutely. And a gate does you no good without a trusty gatekeeper. Yes. And grace is still the gatekeeper in New Testament times. Grace is still the gatekeeper. It's the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Yes. That hath appeared unto all men, teaches us. That to close the door on ungodliness denying, yes. and worldly lust. Yes. Grace closes the door on a whole lot of things <gasps> and teaches us to live soberly, godly, righteously. It opens the door to soberness, righteousness, godliness. The the it is paramount to have the understanding that you've just that you've just shared. Because if not, you look at grace as a license. Mm-hmm. Sure. To sin. Oh, it's a gatekeeper. And yeah. So without that understanding, you turn it into lasciviousness. That's right. That's right. Oh. Grace is our gatekeeper. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed. And you know, all of the epistles, I think there's seven or seventeen or eighteen times, and I forget the the exact uh number of times, but the writers of the New Testament epistles they open up with something like grace and peace be unto you every single time, every single time, as far as I can find. When they brought up peace, grace was always first. Yes, yes. Because grace opens up the door to peace. Everybody wants peace. Of course they do. Of course but they gr- do. you got to have grace first. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, grow in grace. Paul said, I had a thorn in the flesh. Oh, yes. And I begged God, get Take this out it. of my life. Open up the door. Open up the gate. Yes. It's not supposed to be here. A messenger from Satan sent to buffet me. Yes. Get this out. Yes. And God spoke to him and said, you got grace. Grace is your gatekeeper. Grace <sighs> let that thorn in. My grace is, is sufficient, sufficient for you. Yes. If you've got grace at the door, and I'm I'm completely off track uh, here from, <laughs> yes. from the from the growth factor here. Wow. How long have we been going? 
Well, we're coming up on a commercial break. So um, we're going to start the commercial music. Oh. oh, okay. Yep. So you can have a drink of water and maybe get them to redo your hair and we'll be back in a second. <laughs> Let me call my team in. It's going to take longer than five minutes. I am here to ask you, have you subscribed to Kingdom Speak? Been on our website, kingdomspeak.ca. Check out our updated merch section, uh, become a Kingdom Speaker on the site. And for sure, do not listen to the podcast if you do not subscribe. I don't know how to say it any more bluntly than that, folks. <laughs> All right, back to our riveting guest. Yeah. So we are... Big word alert. Big word alert. <laughs> it is. So he um, he was telling us that, mm-hmm. you know, off the record, he wasn't sure about... Mm-hmm doing another episode mm-hmm. but if if i'm keeping track of this we are we're we're we're, we're nearing the tagline on our one hour limit mm-hmm. and if i do the math right he's only got us through two of the four that we need to mm-hmm. get from disaster mm-hmm. to something that is desired if i had a better audience i'd already been there by now <laughs> oh. <laughs> we were dropping so many bombs that we we ate up well i kept waiting on an amen or a hallelujah or yeah. somebody to run the aisles a little bit and <laughs> man oh man, man this is good so stuff. good, good this stuff. is so good so um Go go ahead and give us a bit more. Where 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 does this leave us? Okay, with Saul. I, I'll I'll rush through the uh, last two factors since you guys don't look too keen on having me back. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the third the third is is uh, is where a lot of people get hung up. It's the Saul factor. It's right. resistance. It's oh, it's resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and nobody I, yeah, do you know wants what? to Come to think through. of it. I'd like you to rush through this one. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to rush through it too, but I had to live through it yeah. <laughs> for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, perhaps this is why I put the lesson together, because sometimes young ministers are like, why am I going through this? Nobody else is facing this. Yeah. Nobody else has had this in their ministry. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're shocked to find out this is normal. Yes. You will have a Saul in your life. Yes. You will have resistance. It's yes. resistance that builds muscle. It's resistance that makes you stronger. Yes. It's resistance that develops wisdom in your life. Hmm. Saul was not a mistake of God. Right. Saul was not a, a, a moment that God said, oh, what was I thinking? What am I doing? Yeah. He was anointed. Yes. He, God sent Samuel Mm-hmm. To anoint Saul, he was chosen of God. And yet, it wasn't very long in the story of Saul. Is He proves to be resistant. He is always resistant. When Samuel wants to call him forth mm-hmm. and introduce this new king, where's Saul? Yeah. He's resisting. Yes. He's yes. not going to go out. Look how humble Saul is. Oh, he's so, he's so meek. Saul, oh, just... No, he's resistant. Yes. Anything you tell him to do, ask him to do, he's resistant. Samuel sends him out for the greatest victory in his life. God had had something against Amalek for generations. Saul, you can wrap it up. Saul, you yeah. can you can be the hero for all of Israel that you settle something for God's people. Yes. But Saul cannot get over his own resistance. He's going to do it. His way. way. And then when it became apparent that David was anointed, that David had achieved warrior status, the Bible said that Saul eyed David from that day and forward. And you find him resisting. When when David wants to march out and face Goliath, Saul's not patting him on the back. He's resistance. Yes. He's given him all the reasons why he can't do it. Yes. And I want to tell you, if you're effective in ministry, 
you're going to have some resistance. You're going to hear some voices tell you, you can't do it. You yes. can't face Goliath. Yes. You don't have what it takes. Yes. Here, wear the armor I've never used. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, use what I'm not using. Yes. To go and to face the giant. You know, take on the challenge that I'm running from. Right. Because I'll show you how to do it. You will have voices of resistance all the way through. He's chasing David through the wilderness. Uh, David's hiding out in caves, and yet I would venture to say, and you wanted me to rush through this one, so I'm obeying the pastor right now. I'm a perfect sign of submission right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm rush through it. But it was it was Saul that made David who he was. Oh, Saul taught that. David how not to be king. I believe that. Saul taught David how not to to handle his challenge. He was a good, bad example. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so it was Saul that prepared David for all of his victories, for the 40 years that he was king, uh, to be a good king. And we could talk about it. A lot of mistakes that David made. He was not a perfect man, but the Bible does tell us that he was a man after God's own heart. Yes. And he was also the only man that I can find that he prayed the prayer, Lord, keep me as the apple of thine eye. Oh. This God knew how special he was to the heart of God. He prayed it himself in the Psalms. Keep me wow. <laughs> as the apple of thine eye. Yeah. Don't you think he knew he had something special in the heart? of God special status. And so David, the David factor represents a lifestyle of worship that brings the favor of God. Oh, wow. Wow. And so when you get to David, it's not finished. He's the fourth factor and, and he's the fourth key. Okay, and, and, and if, if I could just tracking through this, there's so many rabbit trails on this on the on these topics but a lot of what we read as those those psalms of of praise were written during the season of resistance absolutely yes sir i mean david penned them while he's running for his life yeah i love a few of those where we are still benefiting right? yes yes yeah. Yeah, we are still being ministered to from exactly. David's season of resistance. Yes. Saul in a in a weird roundabout way is still blessing us today <laughs> because he is the resistance David lived through. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. It's good stuff. And so, you know, when David comes along, he has some giants to bring down. The challenges are not over. But he's got the favor of God, yes. and he is a lifestyle of worship. When David comes along, the city that God loved, Jerusalem, is taken and becomes the possession of the nation of Israel. David comes along, the glory is ushered in. The okay. Ark of the Covenant yes. is brought into Jerusalem. All yes. kinds of good things begin to happen in the David factor. And when I talk about the lifestyle of worship, I'm not just talking about uh, shouting and dancing or the preacher says, come on, somebody say amen. That's worship, but that's just one aspect of worship. I'm not talking about in the sanctuary, running the aisles sure. or leaping for joy, but a lifestyle of worship includes our holiness standards. Yes. Our separation from the world is well, that's worship what, he, that's to what God. he said in Romans, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. A living sacrifice. It is worship. Yes, which is your, that's what it, that means there, your reasonable act of worship. Service. That's right. That's right. And so th this is something, this is something far beyond just saying amen, but it is in our lifestyle as it was in, in David's lifestyle. Um, a, a quick, this may be a rabbit trail, but uh, <laughs> Hebrews 12 and 14, we quote it all the time. 
you know it, we all know it, follow peace with all men mm-hmm. yes. and holiness, holiness, without which no man shall see, see the Lord. Lord. Yes. Well, peace is how we get along with people. Holiness is how we get along with God. Holiness is how we get along with God. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And David personifies relationship with God. As I've already said, he's got confidence in his relationship. Read the Psalms. This guy says, keep me. I know I'm already the apple of your eye. Yes. Just don't let me fall out of favor. Yes. And and so if you want peace with men or you want a relationship with men, there must be peace between you. But if you want a relationship with God, he said, be ye holy. Mm-hmm. Why? Not to be- brag on your self-righteousness or right. because you're so special or right. to impress anybody. No, because that's the level. Yes. When you live by this lifestyle, this is a way you get along with me. We have relationship. Oh, that's so good. And so this lifestyle of worship includes our our giving, our tithing. That's part of our worship. Yes. This is... It includes walking in the Spirit. It, it even includes our attendance at the house of God. Yes. So those are my four factors. And and uh, the end of Second Samuel, it ends up, as I've already said, this Solomon blessing, the Solomon generation. There was a, a kingdom of peace that came about. And so... In a nutshell, 1 Samuel starts out where you don't want to be, starts out in defeat, disaster. It ends up where we would all like to be. I haven't arrived yet, but but I'm on the way doing my, my best way. to have these four factors work in my life. And maybe it'll encourage somebody in their ministry and their leadership or just in being a Christian. Yes. yes. That's Excellent. part of the journey, part of God's process. Don't give up on the process. That's right. How many times have have you seen as a pastor, I know you've witnessed it over and over and over, that what people desire, the, the, the destination they desire, they abort the process that if they would stick it out, they would yes, make sir. it. Yes, sir. They would make and it. And look at it. All, all the great men of Scripture. They had their wildernesses. They had their trials. They yes. had their setbacks. They had their resistance. Name it. You already mentioned Joseph. Yes. You could talk about Moses. Yes. You could talk about David. You could talk about Elijah. You go in the New Testament, Apostle Paul. Yeah, of course. Yes. You just, God put every one of these through a process before he allowed them to step into a Solomon-like wisdom and a Solomon-like creativity, and a Solomon-like leadership. Mm -hmm. Put every one of them through the process. You know who didn't go through the process? Saul. Exactly. Exactly. One day, he's looking for his father's donkeys. The next day, he's king. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. And the guy that didn't go through the process... And 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 one How did of that the, turn out zero one, to hero, and back to zero because Scripture says <laughs> yeah. he died as uh, though he had never been anointed, uh, as though he yes. had not been anointed. Yes. What what a what a horrific ending mm-hmm. to have yes. to have been, but to die as though you have never been. Wow, you've helped me today, man. This is tremendous. A veteran podcaster. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. it's been an honor to be with you guys, and and uh, I'm I'm glad we finally got to something spiritual. <laughs> I was really worried about you guys, yeah. Especially your producer, and, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, brother Casista. I, mm, I, yeah. I, I I'll, I'll be spending time in prayer for those guys. Man, I appreciate mm, that because they need wow. it. My, my, oh, my, you're breaking my, up. My, I can't my. hear you anymore. <laughs> Where's our closing? No, music? it's been great. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. I'm just hoping you'll have the wisdom to ask me back. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, we need we need to hear from the audience. Yes, our audience. Chime in. <laughs> Chime in. Everybody send him some love messages and uh, we'll, we'll 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 get the book out and schedule it again. Well, uh, I'll see y'all in the raptor then. <laughs> 